Welcome to The Cricket Crowd, a brand new podcast that's going to take a world view of cricket rather than a parochial view. And to exemplify that, alongside me in the studio is from the BBC Asia Network, Anka Desai. Hi, hello David, how's it going? And we've also got Mahir Bose joining us, that's uh, from the London Evening Standard, and Tanya Stevenson. Today's show looks at this fantastic series that's coming up in the link between England and India, but we'll be covering all the major cricket action and the World Cup and we're going to be broadcasting every week on the cricket crowd. Cut straight to the chase, Anchor. How do you see this series playing out? England versus India, a five-test series. What's your prediction? How do you see it working? Yeah, it's a massive series, historic series, because India haven't played a five-test series in over 20 years in England as well. And you could say that they might be marginal favourites for the first time, because England are coming off the back of that massive, awful, disgraceful, some might say, ashes, whitewash, down under and they've also struggled to even see off Sri Lanka in home conditions where many people thought Sri Lanka would be the strongest team Sri Lanka did them in the T20 in the one days and they got that second test victory as well to win the series 1-0 so England have a lot of pressure India well they have a lot of young batsmen with a big reputation to uphold as well but people argue about their bowling attack so we'll discuss all of these facets I'm sure I mean the, the thing to say about Indian cricket I guess over the last few years is the obsession the success, the phenomenon that is the IPL, mm. the Indian Premier League. Where does that leave Test cricket? Well, I think uh, with the new ICC arrangement, you've got the ICC, which is effectively going to be run by the BCCI, the Indian Cricket uh, Board of Control, the ECB, the English Cricket Board, and the uh, Australian uh, Cricket Board as well. So the three of them are coming together to effectively run the game, which is supposed to be using the test cricket as the most high as the highest priority so if you look at it from that point of view test cricket is still going to be a priority for indian cricket ipl is a nice little cash cow but are the are the players interested in test cricket and are the fans inter- still interested in test cricket well i think that that's what we're going to learn i suppose with the viewing audiences i suppose in england the test matches will be packed out totally if you look abroad i think when india play in india that's when you'll get to see whether the audiences are still high or not nowadays i think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of india doing we're going to see india touring a lot more maybe than staying at home possibly but when you've got indian players earning a year's money in two, three, four weeks with the IPL, do they still care about Test cricket representing India? Well, that's going to be a massive question. I think you would argue that maybe the English players and the Australian players value the badge on their shirt a lot more than the Indians do. But that's quite a cynical view and that's maybe disrespectful towards some of these young Indian players. I suppose if the Indian players are committed to playing Test cricket and they're happy to travel all around the world and play these long series and go on these long tours, then there's no question that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be in favour of playing a lot more well, Test cricket. who wouldn't be happy with you know, <laughs> two or three months in, in, in an English summer? It promises to be a tantalising prospect. Five Test series, the first Test against um, India starts on the 7th, I beg your pardon, the 9th of July at Trent Bridge. Um, Let's have a prediction from you as to how you see that test and the series going. Um, Let's start with the first test. First test, I think the conditions usually suit England. They, they bowl really well under those conditions at Trent Bridge. Jimmy Anderson's got a fantastic record there, and he's blown many teams away there before. Stuart Broad, I remember the last time India were here touring, he was, he was excellent in that game as well. So you, you'd say the conditions suit England, but I suppose with the pressure and the disappointment of coming back off that Sri Lanka match, I think it's still one in the balance. India, it all depends on also their warm-up matches that they're taking place in as well, whether their bowlers acclimatise. If their swing bowlers can acclimatise, as I mentioned, then they've got a great shout as well. I know I'm sitting on the fence, but I'd say India just to edge it. Well, 
Tanya Stevenson will be joining us shortly from Channel 4 Racing. She's most famous for her racing tips, but she's a very shrewd judge of the cricket market. And she's selected as the high... I think she's going to be talking about Galton Gambier as her selection in the India batting market. Galton Gambier returning to the India side, probably to open the batting. Do you see him as one of the leading figures to look out for? Or should we be looking towards some of the newer batsmen, the people that have replaced the likes of Tendulkar, uh, Dravid and Laxman? Yeah, I think with Gambier, you've got to put him in purely for his experience. You've only got three players in this India squad who've played in England before. That's Dhoni... Ishant Sharma and Gambier himself. So I think if you put Gambier into that team, adds a bit of experience, adds a bit of nous regarding these conditions. So if you have a new batsman walk into the crease and you've still got someone like Gautam Gambier there, then he can effectively help and nurture the younger batsman. But obviously the big star name is going to be Virat Kohli. Whether he can play as well as he does in India in subcontinent conditions, whether he plays well in English conditions, that remains to be seen. Ishant Sharma, you mentioned one of mm. three, only three India players who've played test series in England before. Zahir Khan is saying that Ishant Sharma should lead this attack, but he's already come into problems, Ishant Sharma, on this tour. Um, the bowling seems to be a concern. Where have all the bowlers gone, and who would you look to to take the wickets for India that are going to need to win this test series? Well, arguably, you'd say India would need some good swing bowlers. They've got Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who I think the conditions are going to absolutely suit. Ishan Sharma, he did okay when he came over last time. He didn't pull up many trees. And he, he is someone who the Indian fans like to get on the back of. If you look at their spin options, well, you could arguably say... Why they do may the be... India fans like to get on the back of Ishan Sharma? Is it, because, is it the same way that the England <laughs> fans used to get on the back of Jason Gillespie? The long hair, where's your caravan, and all that type of stuff? Ouch, poor Ishan. I know he does need a haircut, doesn't need the poor boy. But I think more to do with the fact that he's got all this potential. He's got he's got the sort of height. You'd think that he'd be a lot more dangerous and threatening, but he just seems to put in a boundary ball most overs. So I think that's why uh, Indy fans get on the back of him. He's not disciplined enough, that's what they say. Well, the, uh, Ashwin as the spinner, mm. Jage as the backup spinner. Um, will the wickets be conducive to India's spin bowlers? unlikely to see pitches prepared to suit them with the lack of an England spinner. Yeah, arguably you'd say that, but at the same time, I think if you look at the, the grounds around the country now, you very rarely get English conditions because of the drainage systems. A lot of the pitches are drying out a lot more. So you're seeing that spinners can be quite effective. England will be hoping that they are seeing friendly conditions. As you mentioned, they've got no decent spinners at the moment. Monty Panesar, well, people say he'd be the next in line, but he's got a few issues he needs to sort out. And the likes of Mo and Ali, they're part-time spinners. So arguably, India might look at the conditions and say if we put Jadeja and Ashwin in we might have a better chance rather than flogging two or three of our Siemens around uh, Yes, Monty Panasar, of course, for those that didn't follow this story last year uh, suspended by his county then Sussex uh, for urinating over a bouncer uh, from the Brighton Promenade above a Brighton nightclub. Apparently it's okay for the senior England players to relieve themselves on the wicket but not for Monty Panasar, one of the foot soldiers, uh, to relieve himself on a, on a bouncer. What's your, what's your position on that? Yeah well to be honest if I'm going to be urinating anywhere it wouldn't be anywhere near someone who's twice the size of me <laughs> I, I, value, I value my uh, youthful looks at the moment so uh, I think I'll have to be wary of urinating uh, urinating on any, uh, any people twice the size of me. I, I suppose the England cricketers as well, celebrating on a, on, on a wicket like that. Oh, I suppose uh, the, 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 the likes of Jack Hobbs will be turning in their graves, looking at their former uh, home ground, thinking, what are these boys up to? Well, it won't be the only water that's being sprayed on the wicket as the groundsmen are likely to prepare some green tracks uh, this series. OK, let's talk about the elephant in the room, mm. just to finish with. Kevin, um, Kevin Peterson's comments about Alistair Cook's captaincy. He has described... 
uh, in his Daily Telegraph column, um, Kevin Peterson, of course, himself sacked by England, uh, not just sacked from this series, but sacked forever. An astonishing decision by uh, the ECB. They're going to be backing their captain, Alistair Cook. Uh, that was Paul Downton's first decision as managing director. But P- uh, Kevin Peterson, in his newspaper column, has said that um, Alistair Cook's captaincy is uh, that he's caught in like a rabbit in the headlights. Surely that's a bit harsh. It is a bit harsh, but you could arguably say that's a fair description because at the moment, Alistair Cook looks like he's struggling to, to think of a game plan when he's out there. When Angela Matthews was pulverising the English attack, he, you'd think that Cook would have spread the field and let Angela Matthews take a single and then possibly target her a lot more. In the end, they ended up bowling equal number of balls to both players and uh, they ended up arguably putting a, a match-winning partnership together. And furthermore, it's affecting Alistair Cook's batting. And that is what you want Alistair Cook and the team for, to plunder all those runs. And there's Shane Warne joining in or perhaps start orchestrating the campaign against um, uh, Cook. He's been pretty consistent on that, on this. He's had problems with Alistair Cook's captaincy from the word go. He's now really come out on the attack and described the saying that he should take a rest. That And he went further and said that Cook's captaincy in the second test against Sri Lanka was the worst international captaincy he had seen in his lifetime. Now, Shane Warne's got the daggers out. Alistair Cook has responded. Uh, perhaps unwisely, and after the official press conference, gave an interview with Jonathan Agnew on BBC Five Live and said that, or Test Match Special, and said that he was, um, you know, what did he say about Shane Warne? I think he said that uh, he, he would ask him to, to, that he should, something should be done about Shane Warne. That's what Alistair Cook said. Something should be done about him. Um, and do you think he should have responded in that way? Well, I, I think it's sort of, he, he sort of dealt, he sort of gave his cards away, I think, Alistair Cook, with those comments. He, maybe he should have just said, well, look, I accept criticism from all quarters. I, I appreciate everybody's got an opinion, but I'll do it my way and um, everybody else can take the highway. And I think it's not like Shane Warne to have an agenda, is it? So <laughs> Shane Warne always likes to ruffle a few English feathers. Maybe that was just part of his game plan. But he, as you said, he seems to stick with this, uh, this Alistair Cook baiting for, for quite some time. So maybe he feels that there should be somebody else in the job. Well, Alistair Cook decided to ward himself a weekend break last week with his family before getting into the nets uh, tomorrow. He lives uh, on a farm. Uh, he would have been out of the way of any uh, hostile uh, fans. But there's going to be plenty Plenty of people uh, waiting to get on his back, perhaps, if things don't go his way this summer. It's one of a number of fascinating issues teed up for this summer. On The, the Cricket Crowd will be following the, this test series and every other test series this summer. Anka Desai is going to be with me from the BBC Asian Network throughout this series. He's going to be our man at the ground. He's going to be at Lords on the 9th, sorry, at Trent Bridge on the 9th of July for the first of this five test series. It's going to be a fascinating series and you can follow it all on the Cricket Crowd podcast here at thecricketcrowd.com. Joining us now from Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro, it's the columnist for the Evening Standard, Mihir Bose, author of the award-winning History of Indian Cricket and, of course, covering uh, World Cup uh, tournament for the Evening Standard. Mihir, can you hear me loud and clear? I can indeed. Thank you very much for joining us. The World Cup will shortly give way to the highlight of the summer back in England, the England versus India Test Match Series, where for the first time, it's a five, uh, the first time I think since 1959, England are giving India the benefit of a five-test series. How do you see that series going, Mihir? Well, um, you say the benefit of a five-test series is the English who want the Indians to come for a five-test series because what has changed since 59 is that the Indians are the money bags of cricket that produce 90% of world cricket's income. 
And in 59, um, though many of the listeners would probably not have been born or even conceived at that age, um, uh, India lost 5-0. And I'm afraid I see this series as one where England will bounce back. In 59, it's interesting, they came back from an Australian tour defeat, which was unexpected. The Indians came here, got hammered. They might not get hammered 5-0, but I cannot see the Indians hold out against England, despite the present condition of English cricket. Now, I know that's, a, that's a, the view that will surprise a lot of our uh, Indian and Asian listeners. Um, it, are you saying that because of the poor form away from home of the Indians? They've, been, they've gone down to South Africa and New Zealand in Test Series recently, away from home. I'm saying it for two reasons. The Indian batting is good, but it's inexperienced in English conditions, but it is good. It has some very good players. The problem is with the Indian bowling. I cannot see the Indian bowlers take 20 wickets, let alone not take 20 wickets. I cannot see them pressurize the Indian batsmen. And this has been a very familiar story, and any cricket follower will know it. You might have great batsmen, but if your bowlers concede so many runs that the opposition racks up a huge total, the batsmen are facing pressure, and even the best batsmen can give in to that pressure. Okay, so I hear where you're coming from on that, Mihir, with the suspect Indian bowling attack, but it takes two to tango. It's England India are playing against, and England are having a very poor run of form under a very uninspiring, unconvincing leader. Um, Do you really think England are going to rack up enough runs to trouble India? Well, England have shown, even against Sri Lanka, they have some good batsmen. Uh, Root, uh, Robson and others haven't played badly. Yes, Alistair Cook has his problems. He certainly has his captaincy problems. How they are resolved will have an impact. And England have, in Anderson, still a very fine bowler. And I can see somebody like Stuart Broad, who's always done very well against India in England. Remember, the last time the Indians were here, he took a hat-trick at Trent Bridge, may I remind you, um, the venue for the first test. Mahir, so I can see, yes. The English bowling strength is not in doubt. It's the, bat- it's the strength of the batting we're talking about. I'm going to read you in the middle order for England. Balance, Bell, Root, Pryor. Is that going to strike fear into the heart of any opposing team? You talk about 5-0 in 1959. Who would have played in the middle order for England in 1959? Well, they would have had May and Cowdery, he didn't play the full summer. They would have had Barrington, Subaru made his debut. Um, they had, re- I mean, obviously, um, you, England don't have a player of the caliber of May and Cowdery, but Bell is a fine player. He's going through a bad patch. Root has done very well. Balance has done well. So, you know, I wouldn't rubbish these players. And I think against an Indian attack, they will probably rediscover their form. So that is my feeling. So tell me about this deficiency in the Indian bowling attack. Is that just a problem in away conditions? They, they don't have the bowlers who can swing the ball? I mean, remember bowlers like Kumar, uh, there's so many Kumars, I never know which uh, Kumar we're talking about, uh, which one's on this tour, but they've certainly got some swing bowlers in their lineup. Where is the weakness then? Well, the weakness is you can't see a potential match winner. Who is the match winner? Well, Ashwin. Th- let, let me just, just let me finish before you come in. Um, who is the potential match winner? In 2007, when India won uh, here, 1-0, the match winner was Zahir Khan. He's not on the tour. He was, he, was a, he was a very good bowler, and he worked very well in English conditions. So the seamers we, we India have produced, they are, if you like untested seamers. They haven't really done anything, even at home. 
um, they have probably left behind a couple of seamers. That is certainly the, the feeling of um, the Indian experts uh, sitting back in India. And all these players who've come, Ishan Sharma has some experience, but Ishan Sharma's um, recent performance, the only um, non-test match the Indians are playing, did not go down all that well. And the problem with Ashwin is that Ashwin overseas has never showed any particular form. You look at South Africa just this last winter. Indians go into the final day with a massive advantage. South Africa have lost wickets. They, they face a big total. And the spinner does nothing. In fact, the match comes to a stage where South Africa look like winning the match. The Indians just escape with a draw, a match they should have, win, they should have won. So I, I frankly cannot see Ashwin unless there's a dramatic change in his form, where he acquires a special um, off-spin um, ball that nobody has seen, a special dusra or tisra, which means third, uh, I can't see him becoming a match winner in England. Of the six front-line seam bowlers in India's squad, only Ishant Sharma has toured England before. Now, Zahir Khan, you mentioned, was left out. He's made a statement today, which you may not have seen me here, saying Zahir Khan wants Ishant Sharma to take over from him as the leader of India's fast bowling group. How realistic a prospect is that? I think that's a hope. It's a nice hope. Ishan Sharma has been around a long time. He first made his mark in Australia, came on as a surprise player. I frankly don't see Ishan Sharma doing what Zahir Khan did. India has always, as against Pakistan, always struggled to produce really good fast bowlers. This has been a historic weakness in Indian cricket going back several decades. And this um, uh, squad of players they've got is not going to change our view of India's lack of fast bowlers. Well, certainly that view is shared by some of the, um, the Indian fans over here who gave Ishan Sharma a lot of barracking in his opening fixture against Leicestershire. He started off with an embarrassing count of seven no balls in just nine overs and was constantly riled by Indian fans from the sidelines. But let me give you another name, Mohamed Shami. He's come on the scene. He's a very exciting bowler. He's taken wickets. How about Mohamed Shami? Of that pack that you mentioned, Mohamed Chami is probably the one potential bowler who could cause the English batsman enough problems. The question is, is Mohamed Chami a potential match winner? Remember, you've got to take 20 wickets. You've got to have bowlers at both ends to take wickets, not just bowler at one end. So who, who is the, who's the other wicket taker? I can't just see one. OK, well, I'm sure one will emerge, but I suppose it's the selection that's controversial. Um, I think... Um there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the selection. Zahir Khan, I know, very disappointed to miss out. He was quoted today in talking to Crick Info that he's been working towards this tour for the last year, focused on test matches, and he's very disappointed to have missed out. But he wishes the Indian team well on England's soil. OK, Mihir, let's end with a prediction. You're sounding quite pessimistic about India's chances. I'm sure that might not be reflected in, in the odds. We'll come on to that in a moment. What's your prediction for the series result, Mihir? My prediction is that England will win 3-0. It might be 3-1. The Indians might squeeze one test, but I, I, don't, I can't see the Indians winning a test match. Their recent form away from home has been such that even if they get into a position of winning, they can't push the accelerator down and get over the, cross, uh, over the line. So I, I, I can see England winning, if not 3-0, possibly 2-0. You've heard me hear Bo's opinion. He's favouring a 3-0 win for England. Now let's see what the bookmakers have to say. Ultimately, they're the most objective. Where is the money going? What better guide than Channel 4 Racing's Tanya Stevenson? Delighted to be joined by Channel 4 Racing's Tanya Stevenson. 
um, who's wonderful at actually picking the winners, tipped up Joe Root to be the top scoring batsman in the last uh, in the Sri Lanka first test match I managed to get on that 5 to 1 thanks very much Tanya and thank you for agreeing to share your insights about the England India series with us on the cricket crowd thank you very much for inviting me it is one of my recreational joys watching cricket throughout the whole year uh, most of the year I'm watching it on the TV but during the summer, it's from either the Peter May stand in the Oval or in the grandstand at Lords, and uh, I will be there for the second test all five days if it lasts that long. I remember we had that wonderful period at Channel Four together when the cricket the racing yeah. used to segue into the cricket. Richie Benno gave his race his cricket tips on Morning Line, and Mike Atherton drained people's money from their pockets by giving racing tips during the cricket. Oh, it's just a fantastic bit of dovetailing. And it's like my fairy tale, my dream come true, racing and cricket. And, I mean, you've been, been a little tiny bit unfair to others. You did win the Scoop 6 one, um, one memorable weekend. But Richie Benno was just a joy to listen to. Any anecdotes on both racing and cricket, particularly cricket? No, indeed. And you're absolutely right to pick me up on Mike Atherton. He's... And a very shrewd tipster and, of course, author of, uh, you know, a whole compendium on gambling. And it's a subject that he's gone into in a lot of detail. Um, we don't get to hear his tips, but we are going to hear yours, Tanya. Uh, let's have a look, first of all, at... Um, before we get on to talking about this England versus India series coming up, do you know they're taking odds on the next England captain? By the time this goes out, I think most people will know whether Cook's been selected for this series. But surely... The well, the the vultures are gathering. Um, a book is being prepared across all the bookmakers that Alistair Cook to be England Test captain on thirty first September twenty fourteen. That's the bet. So will he survive after this series? What's your view on that for start starters? I think it's a bit harsh initially. I've never been a Cook fan to be a leader, but it's amazing how fickle both the press and the fans are. One catastrophe against Sri Lanka doesn't uh, bury a captain. And if you look, I, I know people say his testing in under captaincy eight is not great against Sri Lanka, 17, 16, 17, 28. But you could pick up a few uh, other English batsmen in his team that haven't been performing well. What, what the problem is with Cook, he's not a people person. He's not a great man. In his press conference, Afterwards, after his defeat to Sri Lanka, he made it about himself rather than saying what a titanic effort by Moen Ali and James Anderson. And we'll have to revisit the other things that went wrong, but congratulations for their titanic effort. It was, come and sack me if you want. Well, that's indeed. not the way to go. No. That's not the way to go go about it. No, indeed. Uh, as as, as a, a captain, or you 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 initially focus on the positive points, and then you acknowledge that there is a problem, and that that's his main that's his main snag. He cannot acknowledge that there is a problem, and the other snag about this in, in potential England captaincy betting is. Who is there to fill his place? Well, let's have a Can't look at that. Yeah, let's have a yeah. look at those odds. Let's have a look at those odds. So this is best yeah. price available. So the the favourite to replace Alistair Cook, as I say, this is not something that we're asking to happen. Yeah, no, I think no, you're right. It is unfair no. that there's a market hanging over the head, but there could be some money to be made here. So it's purely objective in the bookmakers yes. clearly think, and a lot of people are clearly 
uh, uh, getting it stuck into this because Ian Bell is as short as five to four to take over before the 31st September. Seven to two, Stuart Broad and Joe Root equal seven, uh, second favourites. Uh, six to one, Matty Pryor. Eight to one, James Anderson. Fourteen to one, outsider Owen Morgan to be next England captain. That's uh, from Boyle Sports odds, latest odds. So, Tanya, tell us what do you think about where's the value in that market? Joe Root. But I own- can't see Anderson, Anderson do, uh, being elevated into captaincy. He's better off concentrating on his bowling. Matt Pryor, his position in the side isn't that secure with Josh Butler how hovering behind him. Then you've got Stuart Broad, who at times is very a very aggressive captain in the uh, 2020s. And, uh, Ian Bell... He's got to be concerned sometimes about his own form, let alone worrying about captaincy as well. Whereas Joe Root, you're looking to youth as well as a solid batsman. And potentially, it sounds completely bonkers, but Owen Morgan being one elevated back into the England side and two captain because he's a very sort of introverted gentleman um, and he sort of absorbs any pressure and it wouldn't, affect his batting if he was made captain and he's more of a people person than Cook would be. Yeah, many of us would take some convincing on that one, Tanya, given yeah, that this is the I first know. season he's made himself available to play county championship cricket in advance of the first test match. He's normally playing IPL and probably, when looking at his bank balance, wished he'd done the same this year. He seems to be quite a long way from... He wouldn't call- have been picked. Yeah, quite a way from a call-up. <laughs> Let's go on now. Enough of the speculation about Alistair Cook. He's, the- he's there as England captain. He's there. Let's move on now and talk about the, the coming England-India test series. Looking first at the series winner. The, here are the odds. England at 6-5 to five favourites to win the series. India 15-8 to eight and the draw at 5-1. to one. Now, Mihir, Mihir Bose from the Evening Standard has just uh, tipped England to win this series comfortably 3-0. How do you see it going, Tanya? Where's the value in the series market? Last time India came over here, 2011, England won it 4-0. And they won every match, almost every match, by an innings. And at that point, India had the likes of Tendulkar in their side, BBS Laxman. Gambia was in the side, so they had, and even Kohli. So they had the strength and depth, and arguably people could say they've got massive inexperience here. The problem is, though, will the weather intervene? I can see, I can totally go with them here, both going saying 3-0 and when you look at where all these tests are being played Trent Bridge the last 10 tests at Trent Bridge a result has been in every one England have won 8 of them the last 12 tests at Lords a result in 10 of them England have won 8 of them the last 10 tests at Old Trafford result in 7 England won 6 of them and the last 12 tests at the Oval results in 8 of them and England have won 6 of them so it all stands out so it's it, and I haven't put the Rose Bowl in because they very rarely pay a test at the, at the Aegis Bowl. They very rarely pay a test there. But what it's suggesting there, that there will be a result, I've held back to say whether it's England or not because everyone thinks England are out of form. But are they? England, at these test grounds in recent years, have dominated and there's been a result. So the value would potentially be, as Mahir both say, 3-0. I'm going to say because of the flaky form of England, perhaps 2-1 England. Well, that's uh, 2-1 England, 15-2 to two with William Hill and, yeah. pa- and Paddy Power as we speak. England to win the series 2-1. Uh, 
Um, Mihir yeah. Bo's prediction of a 3-0 win for England will get odds of um, 18 to 1 with 8-8-8 and 16 to 1 uh, with Paddy Power. Um, 14 to 1, William Hill, who've just gone out to 16 to 1 on that. So, um, in terms of the series score, the value in the market would seem to be, uh, you know, obviously, there may, as you say, the weather may intervene. But if you're going to pick one series score as a value bet, what would you go for, Tanya? Oh, England 2-1. England 2-1. Okay. Let's yeah, move on and talk about... Yeah, I've seen it too. My on. heart's with India. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on and look at two other markets quickly. Top England batsman. This is a um, reminder that I'm um, talking to Tanya Stevenson from Channel 4 Racing, who's also a very shrewd cricket punter, put us on to Joe Root uh, as top scoring batsman in the first test match, England versus India. Picked up a 5-1 to one winner on that. Um, let's have a quick look at the odds. Ian Bell at 11 to four with bet three six five to be the top England batsman across the series of five test matches. Alistair Cook three to one. Well, well, we'll come back and talk about that. Gary Balance is the best price eleven to two with bet three six five. Joe Root at best price eleven to two with bet three six five. Sam Robson eleven to two with uh, ooh, um, spread X. And finally, Moeen Ali is a ten to one shot with spread X. A- any value in that market, Tanya? Where's your money going down? The value is, certainly is in that market. India haven't got any bowlers, period. And if people say, what about Ishant Sharma? Well, this is pre-recorded, and today Ishant Sharma's had nine overs and he's bowled eight no balls, and he's meant to be their strike bowler. So their problem for India is getting people out. So with that in mind, I'm talking myself into backing someone towards the top of the order. Everyone, if Cook wasn't captain, everyone would automatically zoom in on Cook. Sam Robson wasn't too, well, Sam Robson did extremely well against Sri Lanka. I'm certainly uh, one of his, but my heart always goes with Joe Root. If they do get, initially there'll be some jitters, won't they, with the England batsmen, potentially. So I'm going to have a double. I'm going to be backing Joe Root at 11 to Two. and here we go this is going to be controversial Alistair Cook at four right well I'll be rushing to lay that um, I was actually yeah, I know I know, I know. <laughs> um, Alistair Cook's batting average has plummeted since he took over the captaincy whatever yep. one's opinion about Alistair Cook as a captain I'm not doing the Shane Warne here of saying that he should take a rest from captaincy Shane Warne of course yeah. in the Daily Telegraph column used that column to say that Alistair Cook, uh, his captaincy of the second test match against Sri Lanka, was the worst international captaincy he had seen. That's Shane Warne uh, saying yeah. that. Kevin Peterson has joined the criticism of him, uh, saying that uh, his uh, sterile tactics should have been challenged by the senior players. So Peterson and Warne on the attack. What you can say, though, leaving aside Alistair Cook's captaincy, and there is that market on next England captain, a lot of money getting yeah. being put at the moment, as a batsman, his batting average has plummeted since he's taken over. Mike yeah, Atherton was, and Nasser Hussein on Sky Television were saying that his footwork um, was uh, all, all, all out. And, and, and Nasser Hussein and Mike Atherton on the Sky coverage, which has been excellent uh, throughout yeah, uh, the period, have been very fair-minded, uh, but have highlighted some flaws in Alistair Cook's batting technique. Surely... That is throwing good money after bad to back Alistair Cook at four to one. My Tanya. main huge bet will be on Joe Root, yep. and I'll have Alistair Cook to get my stake back. But the whole point is, you've seen Sri Lanka just 
send over one of their poorest sides I've ever seen other than Sangakara and Jay Wardena. And they had no bowlers. They had, uh, for the one day, they had uh, Kulasekra and they had Hera. But India's bowlers, other than Jadeja, and they, they're, at the moment, they're running him dry. Sharma, I can't keep depending on Sharma. He's very... They're all very flaky, their bowlers. They just need some young superstar. Jadeja's the leading wicket-taker on the both touring matches so far. I just can't see them, their England batsmen, despite what's going on in the camp, being too worried about the Indian bowlers. Well... One thing they will be concerned about is the strength of the Indian batting. Yes, it lacks yes. the names of the illustrious <laughs> past, but the uh, the batting order of Virat Kohli and uh, Cheteshwar Pujara, who's taken over from the Dravid wall, he's the new wall. Shikhar Darwan, who's been prolific. Uh, Rohit Sharma. Let's have a look at how they oh. bet. They're betting the favourite is in the top India batsman in the series. Favourite is Virat Kohli, who's 11-4 to with William Hill and Paddy Power. Uh, Cheteshwar Pujara is 4-1. to with bet three six five and Shikhar Darwan nine to two with lab books. Do you see one of the? Do you see one of the the winner coming from those three, or would you look at people like Rohit Sharma, who after playing so much one day cricket came into the Test match side after playing a, over a hundred one day matches, never given a chance in what is now called red ball cricket, and oh. uh, came in and immediately scored a um, uh, century. I think in his very first Test match. Um, is the where do you see the value in the India batting market? Top India batsmen in the series. Good and Gambia. Certainly good and Gambia. There's a, there's a, the problem with India. They haven't played a four day match before they landed on this turf for six months. They have been rooted in IPL. We have the who's who of the. Well, it's the, these would be their superstars. These are their. To us, these would be Hollywood or Bollywood superstars. These are, we all adore these players like Kohli and Pujara, Darwin, Murali Vijay, Putin Gambit. We love these players for their 2020 IPL play, and now they've got to adapt back to test play, and they are extremely, extremely rusty. They have got so much talent. They ooze talent. You look at their averages, they're all flirting around the 50 average. Pujara's have got a 58 test average, but they haven't played it for, for six months. And they've, they've lost, the last visit here, they lost 4-0. They haven't won a test series abroad since, well, was it 2002? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it you have to long, go back a long time since they won. So, they, Tanya... They can't travel. But who's my value? Uh, I say, Gutton Gambia, I think it's around a 10-1 to 1 chance. And Virat Kohli... He, he's a solid performer, mind you, at the last test. I mean, I stood up on the, one of the chairs at Lord's when he walked in and he soon walked back out again. It's it's something. They just can't travel back. But I'm going to be back in Gutton Gambia. 54 test matches and 21 fifties. Average of 44. He's steeped in experience. He just started to show his relaxed form again in the IPL. But he knows how to play test matches. Well, Most of the others don't. Let's hope he makes the starting lineup. If he is, he's I fantastic. Would have so. Well, there's the competition for the opening position, but if he if he does make the starting lineup, that's fantastic value you've nominated. There's a the best price. If 10- he doesn't, 
Then it'll have to be Darwin. Yeah, well, Gambier is a best price, 10 to 1, with Unibet, Paddy Power and William Hill. Best price, 10 to 1. That would represent fantastic value because he's got an awful lot of experience. So, Tanya, it's been great. Thanks very much for sharing your thoughts on the forthcoming Test Series. As I say, Tanya, you've always put, already put me on to winner with Joe Root, 5 to 1, that first Test match. Thanks for that. I'll be looking at the uh, very carefully at the odds for Joe Root as uh, best batsman uh, and um, Galton Gambia as India's best batsman and having a little savour on Joe Root at the next England captain at the age of nine and a half. So that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Tanya Stevenson, thanks very much for joining us and look forward to seeing you to talk about the first Test match. Thank you.